0: Hello there, and welcome to a mini-episode of Music Speaks. This is the podcast that is dedicated to how music impacts our lives. Here is a mini-music quote of the day. Do it again on the first verse and people think you meant it. Chet Atkins. Today, Tyler Suarez, a recent guest now turned co-host, wanted to test Mary Haddix, a new DMA candidate, at the New University of Northern Texas on her horn knowledge. So without any further ado, I hope you enjoy the Quizlet quiz we have created for her. Alright, and we are here for Mary's mini-episode where we're going to test her on her horn knowledge. Mary, one out of ten, how do you feel right now?
1: (laughs) Well, that's a, an odd scale, one to 10, how do I feel?
0: Yeah, um, how do you feel?
1: <laughs> well, since we're talking about performance anxiety, um, <laughs> and I heard the 22 questions, you know, mm-hmm. I'm used to only counting to four here, so I'm <laughs> really doing.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> so today for, this, for, so for today, this episode, uh, we have myself and my friend Tyler, who is my other co-host, but this time we're going to be testing my other co-host, Mary Haddock's um, on her horn knowledge. Harry, uh, Mary, my first question. <laughs> well, wow, I'm even messing up there this we go. The way. Uh, here we go. So Anxiety Mary, my first question everywhere.
2: <laughs> I
1: can, yeah, I can write
0: them down. Mary, my first question for you is how do you say horn in Spanish?
1: In Spanish? Uh, mm-hmm. oh, in Spanish. let has gotta start with C-O-R.
0: Close.
1: Got me. I don't know the Spanish one.
0: It is trumpa
1: Oh wait, so what is tromba? Like with a B?
0: That's that's trumpet. Trompa is horn in Spanish.
1: But in Spanish, okay. I think I've seen that in a couple charts. It's been a long time. I played Mm -hmm. defia. Was that a solani? (laughs) Maybe.
0: I I think so. All right, hunt. Uh, wow, I'm so used to saying Hunter. Tyler, take it away. Know, right, look at me being <laughs> a co host now. Um, all right, so
2: we got what? what is another way to say uh, natural horn? Um, uh,
1: another way to say natural horn, like another language or like hand horn? Though?
2: Um, yeah, like all these are um, not all of them, but like you know, like the stupid Italian or like whatever. Oh. That-
1: um, like, why not my- in English
2: from now on, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. We're going to. I know, I'm, I can see it in my head. I know there's like a. When we go from closed to open, that's like what we use for. <laughs> Shoot, I can't remember. <laughs> okay, hit me. Cool. I'm, Core
2: I'm ordinary.
1: Too. One more time.
2: Core ordinary
1: oh i have seen that one i i don't like most of our you said i guess that's french
2: <laughs> yeah it's like that's one thing that even studying music education y- you think about like it, it's good to understand older pieces of music but why do we continue you know to, to use these <laughs> yeah
1: like i think it's have ordinary like once in right. one of the treatises, maybe.
2: Exactly. Okay, and it, so it's not like this main focus, but we put so much emphasis on it. Like you need to know it, and we we say all the time, music is a universal language, but then we put other languages in it, and you need to know that, that other language to understand this yeah, language. Cause,
1: yeah, because so, like when I'm thinking of natural horn, I'm thinking of like there's an actual like instruction we see in French music when we open the hand somewhat, and I think right. the, that's what I would think first. But okay. <laughs>
0: I think you'll you'll get this next one. All right. Yeah, I think so too. Um Mary, this next one is valve horn. Uh just like core ordinare, this is core um
1: it, piston? Um core is some, is it something like that with the piston cor, valves?
0: Cor, think of uh smaller intervals that makes oh. up this word.
1: Oh like core chroma. Uh, like chromatic. Or, That's uh, right. Like that. Yeah.
0: There we go. Yeah. Very, that one, one.
1: Well, it, it's funny because we're going down like the, the fine print of the, the horn history handout that I think from this. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the fine, fine print. And it's the <laughs> caption of the caption of the picture.
2: Right. So, I think it's so funny too, because um, even talking, you know, briefly about performance anxiety in this little mini episode too. Um, yeah. It, this, knowing these terms and stuff doesn't prove anything. And we've proved, we've proved that, <laughs> right?
1: Like, yeah, but at the same time, like, I'm about to go get my doctorate, so this is great. So yeah. thanks, <laughs>
2: God. Well, um, for, for your doctorate, you will definitely know this one. If you have, uh, if you need to transpo- transpose, um, so a, a horn in B transposition is what?
1: It's an interval of a tritone.
2: <laughs> Down an octave yeah. and a half step, for those who do not know what the tritone is.
1: An octave and a half step?
2: That's what it says, for a, a horn, an and, a horn and B transposition.
1: horn and B is a, it's a tritone, trasp, like tritone half step it might be talking about like if if it's an octave and a half step then we're talking about like transposition from a like a horn and b flat (laughs) Mm -hmm. because if it's a horn and b flat and we're going to horn and b it would be an octave and a and that would also wow that's weird
2: right there there is one that will be asked later
0: that is that (laughs)
1: okay cool
2: (laughs) there is a there is a horn and b flat um which you just answered
0: Oh great! Okay, horn and horn B flat alto, yes, is um Super I think they like... said it was a. You got that question right, Mary. That was uh, <laughs> cool. a down a whole step. That's right. Okay, um, I'll take the next one,
2: uh, Tyler. Right. Yeah, I think that's the one you were just talking about. in a B
1: flat
2: so is down an transpose. octave. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Down an octave and a whole step. Yes. Right. Horn and so, B flat.
1: Um, yeah.
2: I guess the the term muta in blank. What what would that mean?
1: Muta in blank is a crook, or it's like two transpose in that key.
2: Boom, there you it's,
1: go. I do know that one.
2: because that's one that you will commonly use. It's what right? I see, Exactly.
1: Yeah. And
2: again, to, to the point of exposure. If you know, it's only in a couple pieces of music. Yeah, like the core ordinaire
1: Like you don't see that written ever.
2: Right.
0: Exactly.
1: All right, That's- Sean, you got another one for me.
0: I actually need to log in, so Tyler, you oh, keep no. going. <laughs> sure. You're I
2: will take the next one. Um, it says old notation.
1: Okay. What is so that? old notation is um, so um, when you see horn written in bass clef, um, we have old and new notation, and so typically old notation is anything written before like 1920. Like I think of like Fountains of Rome. Um, And anything before that is probably old notation. Um, And so in old notation, you have to transpose it an octave higher, like it sounds an octave higher than is actually written. And so like one landmark of old notation is when you see, um, I think it's actually C2, it's the one below the bass club staff. Um, So when you see C2 actually written, it's probably old notation, um, because uh, the the notes down there they're so fake that you probably wouldn't see them actually written, um, and then new notation is actually like sounding, you know, it's it's in normal octave range.
2: There you go. Look at that. And I didn't even know that. So thank you for informing me. Yeah,
1: it, it's kind of weird. It's why um like second and fourth horns, uh, when we transpose parts and orcs orchestras, sometimes it's like, do we know what octave we're in?
2: Right. And now <laughs> is that is that bec- simply because the way that they were made? Back, back um, from, right? They they didn't have the capacity to make them a, bigger, or
1: a little bit. Um, I'm not certain why the change happens in 1920 because there wasn't. It's not like because the 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 modern like valve torn. Um, it was not perfected, but it, it happened quite some time before that, like in the late 1800s. So mm. it wasn't like 20 years later when we started seeing that. Unless that's like the actual matriculation for like orchestras and composing and stuff so I think it actually might have had something to do with the addition of the valves um, mm. because on uh, like a, um, a Vienna horn for instance like the the low C down there um, the just like the, the C2 that we're talking about it can it can work better on some horns but like the valve horn that they had back then it was not great and so when they started writing it had to do with the actual sound of the written pitch it was really interesting, but as for why, like it was written that way, you know, with Bach, I think it had to just do with like orchestration and transposition stuff.
2: Mm. Gotcha.
1: So, like, it it looked like something else, and so they could just write all of them kind of like that, in a way. Cool.
0: So, my next question, I actually finally have gotten my uh, page up here, um, Mary. What is the natural horns written range?
1: Um. Well, on a natural horn, if you're going to talk about the Overtone series, it's from um, low C to, I mean, high C. But um, it's about a four and a half octave range.
0: That's right. C2 to C6. That's about right. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, take the next question.
2: Yeah. What about the mo- a modern horn range? Written range?
1: Uh, written range. Um, I mean, you can see, um, like... I, I mean, I've never seen F2 written, but I know people that can play F2. Um, and then, <laughs> to be honest with you, my favorite horn player right now is uh, I think it's Scott Leisure or Leisure, how you say his last name, but he plays um, in the New World Symphony. And um, his Instagram and like everything, he posts all the time. Um, but like his, uh, he's got this one video where he did this exercise and it's just like glisses, but he glisses up to like, an F sharp about the staff, you know, it's like an F sharp six, and I. It, uh, there were like several people that were like, "Can you just like not?" So we don't feel. And so I guess like the written range would be like F to F, maybe like Yeah, it says on
2: here um, from A sharp one to mm-hmm. C five, so oh. going up to that F, that's pretty legendary. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I mean, like C five is. Yeah, there's there's more notes on the horn technically than that, but um,
2: it's just more for writing, A sharp one writing apart.
1: Yeah, A sharp one. Yeah, that's right. That F sharp I was talking about. It's not F sharp two. It's A sharp one. So yeah, I like concert. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but that's a little bit bigger than I was thinking. I guess <laughs> we can maybe uh, throw that one out, like a few
0: of Mary, my next question is about hand-stopped translations, as in kinds of other ways to say it in Italian or uh, German. What are some other words that you might hear, or in Uh, English, some other words you might hear for that?
1: Okay. Well, a lot of people like to write the word mute to write horns, so please stop doing that. Second of all... You know, you can see the word boucher in French, uh, uh, B-O-U-C-H-E. Boucher for, or um, sometimes cuivre, which is a French word for brassy, um, can be seen to, like, notate stopped horn. And really, it just depends on the orchestration of the rest of the group. I've had some conductors say that that quivre section is actually stopped horns because the trumpets have straight beats in or things like that. Um, There's, um, in German, it's gestoppt. Um, so G-E-S-T-O-P-F-T um, And get stopped um, You see a ton of it in Mahler like, Tons and tons and tons um, But Mahler only I think he uses only get stopped. Like that's the only word he uses for stopped Even though we have like Mahlerian dictionaries Of how to speak Mahler You know like he only uses get stopped. Um
2: He didn't want to confuse you On that one part
1: I guess so yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, Um. and then, let's see, I guess in English, you know, you can see stopped and, like, sometimes muted. There's the plus symbol in, in uh, English, or, like, just, like, standard notation. And so you'll see, like, a note head with a plus sign above it. Um, right. And that's, like, stop notation.
2: Right. Now, what would be uh, the definition of hand stopped? Um, you when you explain it? Uh,
1: so when you stop the bell, um, essentially, you should just take your hand and, like, close off. You seal off the bell at the point of the hand and so it actually makes the pitch lower um, but um, it will when you seal it completely it will pop up to the next partial and so that's why you get the half step finger down because um, when you seal it off completely if you're if you're like wanting to play on the same like shelf instead of like letting the pitch go all the way down um, mm-hmm. Because there are two schools of thoughts. You can play it with the pitch going all the way down, and so that's on one shelf, so you would finger it differently, pull step up instead. Or you can play it so it pops up on the next shelf, which technically would be correct, and then you finger it a half step down. And all of those fingerings are technically on the F-horn until they're not because I play a lot of trigger stops in the extremes. Everyone does. It's kind of, in the extremes, it is what it is. So
2: That was such a geeky response. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> like i feel like i just took like a, a full horn class for that is well, that what I, you respond
1: i appreciate that well sean gave me a horn quiz and i lost. i'm waking up time okay
0: <laughs> ones- mary my my next question is about muted and again more translations for mutes uh you did talk about uh what it meant to be stopped horn but do you know any muted translations
1: Um yes Mm, I know, since a sordino um, is without mute, sordino or sword, uh, con, Ford, con sordino, um, I think that might be the only one I can bring up right now.
0: <laughs> so sometimes, like just like Mahler, Mahler will write, meet oh, Damphia, which also yeah, which uh, means...
1: D-A-M-P-F-E-R. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that would uh, be one of those.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that one. No, it's okay. But that's how he—that's how he writes muted too. So, but he doesn't confuse us on that one.
0: And now um, hunters. Oh, oh Jesus! Tyler yeah. is going to ask about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, Tyler's going to ask about
2: muted definitions. Right? Yeah. So, just what is the definition of of muted? I mean, it's pretty. Oh.
1: I'm not um, straightforward, but. Well, I mean, muted implies, like, an actual um, mute that we take. Mine is in my case over there. Um, but an actual mute, <laughs> um, it's a... So for us, we don't have, like, a trunk full of mutes to pick from, like Sean and his posse. But, um, you know, like, you guys have so many things that you can put in your belt. And we yeah. just do it all with our hands. So there's that. But um, the mute, it's... a. It's a wooden mute, typically. Um, metal mutes, we just don't use as much unless like, someone like, specifically asks us to use a metal mute. Um, and so if you want like a metal sound, ask for stop horn. The only thing with that is like stop horn, you have to like, mic differently or like really pump out the sound. Um, but they do make stop mutes that like, curve around the bell. Anyways, um, so straight mutes though, um, they like, actually go on the bell, they have corks on the side. Um, they don't change the pitch at all like stop horn does. So they simply mute the sound. Um, but yeah, we only have wooden mutes like the straight mute and then the stop mute and then maybe a non-transposing stop mute and a practice mute are the only ones that we really have. So.
0: That's yes. right. Uh, Mary, my next question is uh, some more translations of unmuted slash stopped.
1: Okay. Unmuted or stopped. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like words for open um, mm-hmm. words, uh, you could see Senza at that point. Um, mm-hmm. Cuivre to, um, I think I've seen the word natural again mm-hmm. um, in some music. Um, you see, I often see open and then also like from the plus sign to say open is like the degree symbol, like a small open circle above the mm-hmm. note head. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see.
2: Yeah. It seems yeah. like yeah, you covered I cover it.
1: it. Okay, cool. Yeah.
2: I feel like there's just so many that and again another like language barrier almost. It's like y- you know what it means in, in English, but there's like three different ways yeah, you yeah, can right? say it in other languages. Because <laughs> you mentioned a translation of brassy too, is another uh oh. mm-hmm. uh so I guess we would go to the definition then. What um if you were to define brassy to someone.
1: Okay, um, like to divine, define cuivre? Like, mm-hmm. is that the word that the question was? Cuivre, right. yeah. yeah. So, of- like, uh, when you want a wave sound, um, and you want more of a brassy edge to it, um, I think um, more of a head voice, brighter kind of color, um, maybe going for, um, like, more of a metal actual color to it rather than... Um, like warmth because I know for us we try to channel like cello playing a lot um, and uh, we do a lot of like chameleon playing where we play like other other things woodwind quintets and brass quintets and everything else and so um, we try to act like other people but <laughs> 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 um, yeah I think for brassy definitely it, it would be like a much higher head voice in your face kind of
2: right on and it also says it is a favorite of Mahler yeah he does, he does like to
0: he's a brassy kind of guy mm-hmm We're gonna take a break, sponsored by our friends at Anchor. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and the YouTube. On Twitter, we are at MusicSpeaks underscore pod. On Instagram, we are MusicSpeaks underscore podcast. On Facebook, we are music speaks Podcast. On TikTok, we are at MusicSpeaks underscore podcast. And on the YouTube, we are just music speaks Podcast. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to ask Mary some more questions. So, Mary, right before we got it cut off, you were going to say, who did Mahler write for?
1: He'll, You'll see, like, um, he'll he'll write for, like, uh, stopped horn, like, if stopped, and then, like, cuivre. And then he'll write it on the next line, too, <laughs> at like, double cuivre. But it's all within still get stopped. So sometimes you'll see the brassy connotation within, like, a muted or stopped section as well.
2: Mm-hmm. And now, just to touch on that, um, going into a performance... Are you really, like, tying yourself down to all those and, like, trying to hit every one of those? Or are you kind of taking, you know, um, uh, artistic liberties there to where, you know, where you're focusing all your kind of drive and and the style that you want to portray his composition in?
1: So, yeah, so you're talking about how we see, like, so many different versions of it. And I'm saying, you know, you could do it like this or like this. Right. So first of all, it is... Yeah, it's, it's, it is up to the principles. So, like, um, as principal horn, you know, you decide how to do it in a, as a section. Um, but for me, I think especially, like, I played, um, we've played Mahler 4 and 6 in the last couple of years. And so, for me, when I'm trying to figure out exactly how to do things, first I have to think about, well, what what are we able to do as a section? Like, what is really necessary? Because you see, like, sometimes you see, like, stopped horn, and, like, in, in Rite of Spring, like, sixth horn has their bell up with a mute in it, or like some person has a muted bells up, everyone else has bells up. And then some people are like horned down with a mute in it. And so you get like really odd actual instructions. So you st- decide like, should I interpret it this way or not? And um, when I was an undergrad, I actually wrote um, my honors thesis on like interpretation versus authenticity and how we try to remain Authentic both to a composer's work and you know, do this right. like exactly our thing. How do we do that? And so, I think it has to do a lot with score study and really like intricately knowing exactly who the person was when they wrote the piece. It has to do with blah 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 blah. blah. So, it, it, it is very situational. Um, mm-hmm. and I think especially like the effects that we get because the things you're asking about are cuivre or muted the effects are like special effects you know they don't happen all the time and so the our interpretation of that is actually quite important and so for me i go back to bernstein typically and see what uh he did Man. with this one sections <laughs> um, yeah i cheat i steal from other people but, well, um,
2: well no that's what i was going to say too is that it, it's exposure <laughs> for sure it's yeah it's, but like listening to all the pre-existing versions of that and then then you kind of pave your own path.
1: Um. Yeah. Cause like the bells up stuff too. Cause that's, that's a little bit different. Um, but like we have to say, okay, we're going to put a bell up on this, this beat and it's going to come down on this beat and we have yes. to synchronize it that way. Um, it's the same thing with like stop stuff. Um, and, um, so it's, it's really interesting for you to ask that, but yeah, it is situational. It often has to do with how the passage is written itself. If you're going to write something stopped, like, yeah, write it as hard as you want, but um, give us a little bit of time <laughs> to prepare. Uh, and stopped is much easier to just, like, it, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm just, like, shoving my hand in the bell when, <laughs> mm. um, because my hands are smaller. So I can't just, like, just hinge it like that. But you got another one for me?
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, Mary, what do you think about a translation for the word echo tone?
1: Oh, um, like echo horn. Um, mm-hmm. What's that
0: What's it called? I believe it is a French it pronunciation. It is French. It's
1: it's like it's not echo core. I know it starts with an E too because I can see now, like right above it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> could look it up on my iPad.
2: Um, I was just going to say too. That is one of the beautiful things I think that has come from you know the modern age is that you necessarily don't need. To, <laughs> To like har- harbor that information deep in, in your brain, but you need to kind of be aware of it when you visualize it. And then, I mean, how easy is it, it you know, uh, in a recital hall to just whip out your phone and make sure you're, you know, doing yeah. the right? Term.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, echo horn. The uh, Sean, what is it? What's the term?
0: Songs de echo.
1: Yeah, see, it's it's literally echo. You
0: right. Know, you have <laughs> to echo in
1: it, and so stuff like that. It's like it can only. You know we have those like in the back of the mind palace which i didn't want to go dig out thanks um, but you know we get to this point and so when i'm going to play uh Son de echo uh you know that's uh first of all you don't see it much um it's like right. horn and a horn and g it's like much less common than everything else um and so like i for echo horn my only like thing that i really think of other than um some of the orchestral solos because there's a few orchestral like um, echo horn solos that are special but um it's just villano <laughs> i can't think of echo horn off the top of my head anywhere
0: else right now Tyler's was going to ask you about what is echo horn so tyler yeah. take it
2: away um yeah how yeah how would you explain it in the most um, terms right especially comparing it to hand stopped
1: yeah so echo horn um and I will be honest, I don't have as much uh, much experience with Egglorn myself. Um, but it's a way of, um, it's covering the bell almost, but it's not closing off the bell. So it's all, it's everything between, um, up until stopped, basically. Because stopped horn is totally closed off. And then hand horn, um, the study of like natural horn and hand horn and um, like chromatic hand horn while playing... Um, like a chromatic scale on the overtone series, um, but all of that kind of lends into echo horn. Echo horn, you technically have to finger up a half step or something—a half step or a whole step. So you can imagine that you're having to like there is like some piping differences that you have to make. So you're changing the pitch just enough that it's right. gonna either like go down too far, so you have to hang, you have to finger it higher so that it'll still slot in the right place. Um, it's just meant to be an echo, quite literally, it meant to sound very far away. And so I've seen, um, like, uh, I took um, the virtual Kindle Betts online horn camp last summer, and which is an awesome thing. They're doing it again this summer, y'all. Um, <laughs> and if you ever get to go to Kindle Betts, uh, it's horns only, guys. But um, <laughs> uh, it's so cool, guys. Anyways, um, I think right. it was uh, Natalie, I think her name is Natalie Glass. But she's the natural horn specialist at uh, beds. And so she did a Zoom with, um, she had a camera on her bell. So you could see her bell with her hand in it. And then she had a camera on her face the whole time. And so she just like showed us a little bit. And like the way that like she naturally plays is with a Spock um, yeah. hand position, quite literally. <laughs> like uh, we teach Spock hand position somewhat natural horn. And so you put it in so that the the sound will come out this way and still remain like open-throated. Um, But you can manipulate the sound and, like, color a little bit with these bottom two fingers much differently. And, like, when I play French horn, I keep my hand on the bell, like, up towards the wall. And I'll drop fingers in a little bit to color, like, just drop the pitch a little bit. Or maybe, like, color the sounds. Like, let's say I have a really high exposed entrance. I can voice it a little bit differently and, like, cover the bell a little bit. That way I can really ping it a little bit. (laughs) And it's actually you know correct but i'm having to it, because otherwise i can't do it too softly or you know so i can finagle a little bit and i think with like echo horn it's it's easy to finagle with like hand position like that
2: and in, in, in talking about this stuff it it's making me think too of uh, wendy carlos and how she basically like took bach stuff that's like you know we were already doing these things that we want. We wanted these echo type things. We wanted all these effects that we can do easily now with plugins or pedals. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: There's still in the, the concert setting. It's done all like by a person, like in real time and in real life. And, um, but like taking like a synthesizer, and making it be able to do all the things that, you know, people would just program to do, with the their fingers <laughs> right it's yeah. a it's a body it's a human programming and not like you know a, th- this digital kind of age that we're in now so it's really cool yeah. to, to hear how even just moving like fingers like making them little like raindrops yeah. almost totally a, changes the sound
1: so two little stories so first of all one of the reasons i first played the french horn one it wasn't a trombone and i didn't really want to play my dad's instrument not really (laughs) but you know i really wanted to play a brass instrument because i knew he'd like it he uh but um i really liked horn because my teacher got up and made like a lightsaber noise with the french horn uh it was really (laughs) cool it it was like a half kind of valve kind of thing but um anyways so uh but the other thing is like the effects that we do as horn players um they are you know pretty specialized and i think that like all you know musicians if we can do the effects ourselves we actually want to and that's why people get up and do like the one-man band loop type things themselves mm-hmm. if i can do it myself why not um and i actually think it's so much, that-
2: more, much more genuine you could feel it in there rather than somebody mm-hmm. something else mm-hmm. doing it for you
1: Yeah, and while we might have what we feel are, like, antiquated traditions of doing it this way, there are still, like, people every day that are finding better ways to, you know, play this one solo, you know, like, the Mm. scary solo in Ravel. you know, this very, very high, like, quiet one. You don't have to do it on a desk hand if you voice it differently, and maybe... And change your hand a little bit, but like, there there are a lot of people that are going. You know, next step with horn right now. Electronics are a huge deal. Like, if you guys don't know who James Nagus is, he's um, teaching at uh, the University of Georgia right now. But um, his, uh, you should really go check him out. His, his compositional library for horn is is uh, like <laughs> grown a ton. He did this set of um, like uh, things for toy piano. <laughs> like,
2: uh, it was yeah. funny.
1: but um. <laughs> Yeah, um, but go check him out, and um, you start hearing like really the the effects and like what we really try to do just on the horn itself. And you know, I could even like open the jar of like I do all of it on my own French horn, and I don't have like a C trumpet and a B-flat. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Sorry. laughs> no, I'm Definitely honest, have man. to use a desk hand for some things. <clears throat> Can't do it on anything else. <laughs>
0: Well, Mary, we have two more Quizlet questions for you. Okay. Um, one of my question is another translation for flutter-tonguing.
1: Oh. Um... <laughs> uh, can you give me a language?
0: <laughs> sure. There are two oh, that are out okay. there. Um, one is Italian and one is German.
1: I feel like I should know these because I teach flutter-tonguing, like, I use it a lot as a tool in <laughs> lessons. Like, I, te- I try to teach my middle schoolers how to flutter tongue and roll their R's, like, early. Because well, what,
2: what effect does flutter tongue have? Well, I
1: mean, so in order to flutter tongue on a brass instrument and for it to sound good, everything else has to be working. Like, you have to be supporting enough. Your armature has to, like, it all has to fit. And it has to be really efficient because if you're pushing and killing this, if you're not using enough air, any of those things, it will kill the flutter. And the flutter, and it'll start to come back in your throat, and you can just see it. Like when you're watching Mm. a student, if you tell them to flutter tongue and they can't, you can physically see it. Like quantifies it for the teacher, but it also teaches the student to like really 100% go for it because you can't get the flutter tongue without like pushing the pedal through the floor with your air. Mm. Sean knows what I'm talking about. Like this is a very you, you have to do all the things. In order to get the flutter tongue to sound correct, and for the horn to have a characteristic right. tone under it,
2: and so- this, is what, this is what I was just talking about too, because the um, the other term you could use is tremolo. And for an, a guitar player like me, you can just turn one knob on your amp, whatever, <laughs> and on the pedal, right, and, yeah. and you automatically have a, a tremolo. So it's it's pretty crazy to think about, and how much work it it really is for. Um, a concert instrument or a, a specifically a horn. Yeah. Um, so I guess the last question to, to wrap it up, two things mm-hmm. to remember when transposing horn parts. Um, I'm sure there are way more than two things.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, um, okay. If I could boil it down to two though. Yeah. So um, first of all, make sure that you know um, the direction. It really, applies. Huh? It really huh?
2: applies to any instrument too. You know, if yeah. you're. You have a piece of music, what are the, 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 the two main things you should remember, you know, when you're transposing?
1: I think for me, if you can remember two things, and I I have a bonus third one, if it's cool, because it has to do with teaching horn. But, um, so two things. You have to remember what direction you're going for anything. So, like, this goes for, like, educators on the podium. This goes for, like, horn players going from, like, horn and F to horn and D. This goes for anything. Know the direction that you're going. And so, I mean, like, if you're trying to figure out if the bass clarinet has the same note as the tuba, know which one is should look higher you know bass clarinet is going to be a lower note than is written but tuba is not going to move at all like make sure you know the direction and then second of all um have you guys heard a uh, hand to stand before do you guys know that phrase mm-hmm. so no. um t- so if i let's say i'm holding a horn in f and then on the stand is a horn part in d then that's how you measure that interval so f to d i'm going from f to d So I know that I'm going downwards, and that's definitely the direction. And then I need to go from F to D, so whatever interval that is. And it's always going to be hand to stand. Or let's say you had, like, um, let's say you're standing in front of a middle school band and you've got a trumpet to demo on, but you want to play the alto sax part. Um, The trumpet is in B-flat in your hand, and then the alto sax is in E-flat on the stand. So make sure you know which direction you're going. In this case, you'd probably go what up or down up. Up, yeah you right. go up to read the Saxon part so and then um you make sure you know the direction and then it is b flat to e flat and so right. you read it yeah.
2: you know in all of my years of music education nobody ever explained it to me in a very succinct and simple way like that that's such an easy, <laughs> it's such an easy thing to remember you know go from from you to there and then the physical space is that translation of the intervals
1: yeah and so i think really physically about some of that stuff and so the last thing I'll, I'll talk about and by the way sean what were the two terms for flutter tongue because i swear i can't remember oh no
0: no it's okay so tremolo was right tyler oh, okay right. and well, the other remember. one was in german and it was flatterzung
1: oh okay well flatterzung
0: <laughs> uh, but um
1: okay so the last little like bonus thing so when i teach a student to transpose on french horn um and when i say transpose i mean this is like the because you know how in middle school band your horn players are like the only thing in f like at all so um how do you like keep the horn players and, and then the books also they write um like the standards of excellence they have like a horn only page for a while that writes them in a different octave or not octave but like down a fourth instead. So they learn lower notes first. I prefer that side, but most people don't do it because they're playing different notes in the band. To like deal with all of that and for the student to figure out that, hey, my notes aren't actually the notes my band director is saying, whether or not they know that or not. Um, you can actually just use like a five finger rule. And so if you like take your right hand and you look at it. And so um, I, this works really well with students that have piano background. Um, but if you say that horn pitch is um on your pinky and concert pitch is on your thumb Mm. um at any point you can um you can put your you know concert pitch on your thumb let's say you have concert c and
0: very interesting mary so what about concert pitch
1: Uh, but anyways if you put concert pitch on your thumb and horn pitch on your pinky so like c and then you walk up a the white keys on a piano c d e f g so that's a g on horn a concert c is a g on horn and so, if I can get kids just to realize one, two, three, four, five, or if, like, I'm looking at a B-flat, it's, it's a B-flat on my pinky, and so the concert pitch is uh, white keys, B E or uh, B-A-G-F-E, add a flat, because B-flat, it's an E-flat, like a concert E-flat is that note. So, it's really easy to, if, you know, if a kid can do that, if they don't have any <laughs> piano knowledge, like, it's kind of hard to make that, but a, a lot of horn players end up being the ones with piano background in schools. So or like double reads and stuff like that. So
0: Hmm.
1: well thanks for like a horn quiz, Sean. This was a delight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well thank you being a part of this mini episode. Tyler, thank you for being your co host self for this show. Thanks for being here, Tyler. Um and uh we'll see you guys next time. So take care. Thanks, Mary. And I hope you enjoyed this mini episode of Music Speaks. And we will see you next time. My name, of course, is Sean Rakunis. And keep listening to what you love.